Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio um, on CFRO 100.5 FM. You got it. You got it. I was going to say, I was going to say uh, on R.C. Waslowski, <laughs> but it's not that. Yeah, no, the radio is not resting on the top of your head or Thankfully, your shoulders, but, but you all, are carrying it. All the airwaves are on me, though. Yes. Uh, I'm R.C. Waslowski. And I'm Pam Bentley. And uh, we have in studio today, all the way from Scotland, Layla Josephine. Hi, Layla. Hi, how's it going? Very good. Nice to have you here. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Weather's great. Uh, Is it it similar to Scotland? Uh, Well, here in Vancouver, the rain kind of falls down, but in Scotland, it rains horizontal. Right. So it's similar, but like different direction. (laughs) It's easier for umbrellas here then. Yes. 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 I, I still don't have one, though, <laughs> so maybe I should purchase one. Um, so we'll get you to start things off with the poem. Great. Okay. There was a woman. She was 32 years old but looked 17. She smiled sympathetically when I told her my age, 23, because she had guessed 30. I recently found three burrowed lines under each of my eyes indicating that my body, despite my efforts, is in fact getting older. I asked her what her secret was, how her skin looked so smooth, so fresh, so unused, so unlike mine. She taught me through ten steps she performs every morning, every night. Her skin routine. The eye makeup removal, the cleanse, the exfoliator, the refresher, the essence, the ampullae, the sheet mask, the eye cream, and finally, the moisturiser. How can she be bothered? 10 minutes every morning, 10 minutes every night, that's 20 minutes a day washing her face. Oh, and never sleep with your makeup on and always wear at least factor 50 right. She walked away and I was still in shock. I wear my makeup to bed more often than not. I usually stay up late, stealing as many minutes from the day as I can. I rarely think ahead. I definitely don't have a face wash plan. (laughs) I've worked out that this woman spends two hours a week washing her face. That's 121 hours every 365 days, which is five days a year. If this woman lives till she's 72, she'll have spent a whole year of her life washing her face. It sounds like some sort of Cat Daily torture camp sponsored by Instagram, and it's definitely not for me. (laughs) Think of all the extra things that she could have done with that year. Backpacking in Nepal, learning to play the piano, pilot lessons, scuba diving. She could have had a baby or cycled across a country, or maybe she could have just chilled out. 
So towards the end of my journey, if anybody asks me why I look so old, I'll tell them that I've spent every minute I could not washing my face. <laughs> when my grandchildren ask me what age I am, I'll tell them that I've laughed one million more times than my age and had more friends than the age spots on my hands and I'm 50 times as old as as many times I've had sex with your grandfather. Now bugger off. <laughs> I'll tell them about all the adventures I've been on and all the trouble I've been in. And I'll tell them to go on holiday and wear minimum sunscreen because everyone looks better with a tan. And I'll show them my scars and tell them about the arguments that I've won and I've lost and I'll tell them if they want to pick at scabs that they should because skin heals and it moulds to our story and you're never going to know anything if you're always careful. And you'll never learn any lessons if you always stay safe and that behaving is boring. I'll tell them that late night staying up drinking is a privilege denied to many. That travelling is a privilege denied to many. I'll tell them that growing old is a privilege denied to many. So don't care about your grey hair. It shows that you cared about something. Your flabbing belly is a testimony to your children. Your dangling boobies look fab. And no, everyone likes things that wibble and wobble. Your bingo wings are proof that you carried. Your soft skin shows that you were tender. Just stay healthy. But drink if you enjoy it. Smoke if you enjoy it. Dance all the time and especially with your friends. And try not to forget. And don't hate yourself because trust me, there are enough people in life to do that for you. And please, do not spend 20 minutes a day washing your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's so good. I have taken that advice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sometimes my friends come over and they're like, is that face wash in your bathroom? And uh, I'm like, they're what? checking yeah, all they're the time. Yeah, they're checking now. on me. <laughs> well, you do have to wash your face. Mm. You just don't have to have a whole routine. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, you do want to actually use soap. Okay? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a different. That's yeah, a different exactly. Advice. Hygiene and like I don't know vanity, different things, aren't they? But and then if you always have to wash off your makeup, don't sleep with it on. Well, it's even easier if you just don't wear just it. Don't wear it exactly. Yeah, because you don't have to wash it off. I know, but it, the poem was more about like just like all the things that we waste time doing. I know. It just feels so ridiculous. When I was in Glasgow, I was in a pub, and a young woman said to me. Did you do your hair yourself? Did you do that streak yourself? And I'm like, no, this is my gray. This is how my hair has aged because I don't color my hair for exactly the yeah. reason you're talking about. Because then I would have to keep coloring. Me too. Yeah. And then you know, and I also just want to like this is hot. This is I grew this gray hair myself. Yeah. It shows, like you said in your poem, yeah. what I've lived through, right? Definitely. But she thought for sure, and I was like, well, like it's kind of it's a good compliment. It was, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a, it was kind of an interesting conversation, but she just didn't understand my answer. She was like, what? what? That's so funny. That you would do that or that your hair goes gray? Well, that she thought that, yeah, I think maybe that if I had gray hair, I should have been coloring it. So I had to have done it on purpose because gray streaks actually are kind of uh, in vogue right now oh. with younger yeah. people. Oh, are they really? Yeah. 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 And so she thought that I had done ah, it. And I was okay. like, no, it's just naturally that way. Well, see, it comes around and I now know. you're in style. Scottish people are so forward as well. Like, we have <laughs> no that. boundaries at all. So yeah. <laughs> Does that explain some things about me, RC? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Layla, what do you, uh, well, do you want to talk a bit about more of the poem or what you're doing here in Vancouver? Uh, so I'm just here visiting a friend, um, but I'm um, the feature for the Victoria Slam tonight, if I can get across on the ferry, hopefully. Um, but apart from that, I'm just here on holiday. I just did the Fringe in Edinburgh um, for a full month, so I'm exhausted. So I was like, I want a holiday 
unfortunately the weather hasn't been mm. ideal um, but Vancouver seems like a really cool city and uh, lots going on seems like there's a lot of art a lot of active people doing lots of things the mountains yeah. are beautiful so yeah. how long are you here for uh, just two weeks and so have you are you in the middle of that or yeah so I'm um, this is my first week finished now so um, I've got two things on today and then nothing else planned which is great <laughs> cool. are you staying in Victoria for a little bit or yeah you... I'm gonna do two nights in Victoria so yeah, yeah I think it's meant to be beautiful so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they get a little bit less rain. Yeah. And it's sometimes a bit warmer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would probably be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, like, hearing some Canadian poetry as well. So Yeah, it should be fun. It's it's, yeah. it's the tongues of fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. And what, what are the differences between, you know, Canadian and Scottish, do you think? Do you think there's many differences? Or? I mean, language or slam poetry? Well, or just, what? Like, <laughs> like, in general, like, what would you say, like, Oh, a lot of Canadian poets did this. Okay, I would say the difference, having been, and RC's been yeah. to stuff in London as well, and I've been to stuff in Glasgow, that there's less rhyming here. Yeah. Um, and there is more humour. Okay. In yours. Yeah, that, okay. yeah, I can see There's that. There's a lot more use of humour, I think, in... To make uh, a point, yeah. Yeah, and also in kind of like a around the fireplace sort of way, okay. humour, you know, yeah. that kind of... Uh, coziness I think yeah. there's a little bit more of that and um, depending on the scene there can be a little bit more identity politics here but you still get that in Scotland as well yeah. I've seen that there yeah. but um, yeah I'd say that's the major differences yeah I think with, with the rhyming it's more the rhyming couplet because yeah, I mean, there's, the there's a lot of hip hop uh, yeah. influence mm-hmm. stuff here and that's obviously got a lot of rhyming yeah. in it and stuff too I think like even Scotland London is completely different as well oh. so what yeah. would you say the two because I didn't notice really that yours was that you know no. rhyming couplet sort of thing no yeah. no it wasn't but I mean you were just talking generally about the scene yeah like generally about the scene I think um, I think in Scotland we kind of don't have the same rules and um, because it's kind of a new exciting thing everyone's just kind of making it up as they go along and I think a lot of people don't come from page poetry in Scotland a oh, lot okay. of people come from you know just a need to express themselves that's um, the same here yeah for and, slam poetry anyway yeah and um and I came from a theatre background, so I always came from, like, it was always about performing and the performance of it. Um, and now I'm, you know, getting to the point in my career where I have to start thinking about what it looks like on the page as well. But I think for Scotland, you know, for a very long time, we've kind of, our voices have been hidden. Like, we're not really represented properly on TV, apart from oh. our Willie on The Simpsons or, you yeah, know, yeah, Braveheart. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, a Scottish voice in England um, reads very differently. And, yeah, and I think we have our, you know, own, you know, we're good, we're better in other ways and, you know, we're different in other ways. Um, but at the same time, you know, London have a way bigger scene and much more resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, sometimes performing in London feels like a bit of a political act in your yeah, accent. Yeah, I can yeah. see that for sure. Yeah. To Do be like, go ahead. Go like, like Scottish I, Scottish politics and talking about things from a Scottish point of view in England. Seems yeah. Political. Or just existing as a Scottish person in yeah. England who's not hiding that they're Scottish. Yeah, or even that they are, you know, something other than, you know, what were portrayed as in the media which is mm. usually like an alcoholic or a violent man or you know an Austin Powers and like all these different representations to actually be you know and it's political as well because of obviously our you know trying to get independence and trying to get more power in Scotland um, from Westminster um, so yeah it's a really like interesting thing because you could just be talking about face wash but what does it mean to be a young female Scottish voice talking about face wash and you know swearing or you know being loud and big you know it's a different it's a different thing Mm -hmm. do you speak Gaelic 
Uh, no. Uh, do you hear any Gaelic in the scene in Scotland? Uh, you, you would hear more like Scots, right. which is English, but, you know, certain yeah. words that, you know, like Robbie Burns kind of. Yeah, I tried to do a little bit of that on Twitter today. I don't know if it uh-huh. <laughs> worked or not. What do you think the biggest misconception <laughs> is then of uh, Scotland in at first in general and then maybe Scottish because Scottish people, but I guess it's quite different from county to county or province to province? Yeah, I th- we're a small country and we're a proud country and we come from a lot of violence and we come from a lot of poverty um, and those things um, in a way, you know, make us you know, different and exciting and, you know, humble, but in a lot of ways, like, they are our detriment as well. They, we've got a real thing in Scotland where we're like, don't get you know, too big for your boots. Mm, you yeah, know, yeah. come back, come back. Don't, don't like who does she think she is? Who does? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like we have we have a lot of things, but I think you know, coming from an industrial city where we came from working class, and I, I wouldn't feel like I was working class, or it would be fair to say that I was working class now. Uh, but my family, you know, have always been that, and then that's also my identity. And I think actually, as a country, that's Scotland's identity mm-hmm. um, compared to England, which may not be true, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. something that we definitely stem from well i mean that's the for poetry slam anyway that when i see it in places that are just um like what was it, when i was in i was in spain a few years ago mm. and uh you know it's it's 25 30 years after the dictatorship and having the opportunity to get up it on a poetry stage and say whatever the mm. hell you want after having lived 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 under a place where you couldn't say anything yeah uh, it's, it's radical so, it's it is yeah just individually and yeah. then for the you know for the country and the politics mm. and stuff like that too so i think that's anytime there's an it starts up in a new place it is just people coming up from anywhere and and talking yeah and doing their thing and it's less formalized and mm-hmm. there's you know you're going to get all the things but i find those so much more and interesting and more fun and, and yeah. to watch and listen to because it's you're getting experiences from you know from farmers from from bricklayers from from bankers yeah. and from housewives and whoever I mean they're all coming because I I can finally come and do this in some place yeah. and it's really you know but once you get around for like 25 years then it gets all formalized <laughs> yeah, and people are worried about the competitions more so and yeah. all that's they're forgetting what the root of the, yeah. the yeah. you I know where like it came a, from yeah well, instead of coming from their voice they learn a voice from listening to other people yeah. or watching people online and of then of course start with that and then maybe they get to their own voice eventually yeah i mean that's my job like i'm a full-time poet which seems so crazy to <laughs> me because i absolutely hated poetry at school uh, which is crazy and now i just love it um but i work a lot um in different social contexts and um, with theater and with uh, performance poetry um, and i kind of always go from the place of like what have you got to say like mm-hmm. what is your unique voice mm-hmm. so i work in prisons i work with young mothers um, i work with people with learning difficulties um, i work in lots of different contexts um, and you know that's where you know the radical mm-hmm. part comes out i think um for for the young mothers that i've been working with um recently you know every time they look at the page they say oh i don't i don't like what i've written i don't like this i don't want i don't want to do this and then it's a really slow process for them to like start understanding that what they are doing is radical and that we don't hear their voices mm-hmm. and that we start seeing them as mothers rather than humans and you know all these kind of like political that are like the fabric of society that we just kind of go along with and then yeah. all of a sudden it's a woman that you know has suffered from postnatal depression standing up and saying, you know, it's just a struggle for her to get out of her front door. And actually, that's where the beauty of poetry lies. And I think that's where the future of poetry lives as well. And mm-hmm. I'm very excited to be part of it. 
Mm-hmm. What was your um, Fringe show about? So my Fringe show was called Hopeless um, and it was about I went to a refugee camp in uh, Eleniko's refugee camp on the outskirts of Athens in 2016. I worked there for a month volunteering um, with their two to five year olds and when I came back I had a really bad spout of depression and I just felt like what was the point, couldn't watch the news, just felt miserable, was eating full tubs of ice cream and just being like, you know, really like sad and like point, like pointless and then I was like this can't be the answer this can't be the answer that everything is just hopeless and I was looking at my friends and my family and seeing that you know everyone was feeling the same way like Trump had just been elected so everyone was going crazy on social media everyone was just feeling that there was no point anymore and I just kept on seeing the same thing like there's no point in helping there's no point like things are ruined like we're at the apocalypse and actually hopeless became uh actually like against that and what it became is like how do we find hope how do we be practical in these times and how do we not let the weight of society and the weight of the news and the things that we're bombarded with all the time make us not want to do anything and that's what hopeless is about so it was about lots of things and I told the story of my great-great-grandfather walking from Ireland to Scotland um, barefoot as a refugee um, after the famine and uh, I then did the same walk. I wore sho- mm. shoes though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I raised money uh, for refugees. Um, but at the same time, that also was kind of complex um, because in a way I felt like that didn't do anything either. It wasn't as poetic, poetic as I thought it would be. So the show's kind of about that. The mm. show's just kind of an offering of all these different views but really, I want the audience to leave feeling hopeless, uh, hopeful. hopeful. No, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> hopeful. Um, and yeah, so I'm going on tour with it next year. So if you're in the UK, you cool. can see it. Yeah, and um, hopefully doing the Prague Fringe, the Brighton Fringe. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone's in the UK, come see it. Are you starting in the spring? Uh, January is my first date. Okay. So I've got two dates at the yeah. end of January. Um, but you can find that all on my website. It'll cool. be up. What is your website? It's www.leylajosephine.co.uk. And that's L-E-Y-L-A, Josephine. That is correct. Let's have another poem cool. from our guest today. You might have just uh, caught that part. Uh, Leila Josephine is our guest today here on Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. This is called Stepping Into Love. I didn't realise my heart was swollen until I held it out and looked at it in the light. I didn't see how bruised it was until I turned it on its side. I put it on the kitchen counter and studied it for a while. Through thick veins and blood, I could just make out your smile. And within the guts and gore of this wee beating thing, I found your fingerprints pressed against its skin. And as I took a closer look, I made a promise to myself to never fall in love again to step gently there instead. Because falling is not consensual. I tripped into your mess, stood up with grazed knees and shiny eyes and I believed everything we recited to each other to be true. We lived together in winter in a single bed. Snow has a way of silencing things you once said. And those snowflakes, they were relentless, covering and smothering us deep. We kept each other warm at night by screaming into the sleet. I've been thinking about how we choose to describe love, an old-fashioned way we're desperately trying to get rid of. Did you know that the present tense of smitten is to smite, which means to injure, strike down or slay, and that makes sense because I hit myself hard every day. We talk about love hand in hand with violence, menace, it's the whirlwind romances that spin us into craziness, dizziness, and I can't do this anymore. 
I no longer want crazy in love. I want sanity for self-care to come second to none. I want to hold my own hand. I don't want to be love struck. I want to be invited in. I don't want to be crushed on. I want to be opened up. I don't want to be love sick or mad in love. It was lonely on the pedestal you placed me on. And I grew a vertigo that lay low, chipped away every day. I sliced into my stomach and found only more hunger. And as the snow started to melt, I asked, when did we decide to measure love by poor mental health? In TV and film, we are shown Jack and Rose, Noah and Ailey, Romeo and Juliet. We are told love is love unless it is tragic, traumatic. When did we decide that obsession was romantic? I lost parts of myself inside of you and I didn't even realise until you had left. I didn't realise it was possible for someone to leave you while they still slept in your bed. I am not innocent. Of course, I was a participant. It's hard to accept, but I offered myself to be hurt because I thought that that's what love was worth because we all know the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return, right? I look at this blazing heart lying on its back I'm amazed it's still together, pretty much intact. It has been a fugitive for so long now, running into walls. I need some stillness to heal. I must pause. I will find intimacy in the quiet corners of my flat when I am alone, peeling my skin back to reveal that I have everything I have ever needed right here. And I've met someone else. She is limitless. She has no time for fickleness. She sees the world through doors, not windows. She is not afraid of her shadows. Every morning she wakes up and welcomes a day with singing in the shower, wiping away the grime of yesterday, but she does not shy away from the filth of life. In fact, she loves that dirt and plants and her strength and flowers and her vulnerability. She is good to me. Her name is Layla. And it is good to see her again. <laughs> and I know you know the feeling of coming back into the light. I have so much more to give now. I'm going to be just fine. My love has work to do elsewhere. I pick up my heart. It is a blue warm and I place it back amongst the strings of blood and it waits there patiently to slowly and gently step back in to love. Whoa, that's so nice. Thanks. That's great. That's a great journey. Like, you know, like it's not just, oh, that's so nice. But I that's know. A, yeah. It's a good journey. I have, uh, that's my only love poem. I went for like four years being like, I'm not writing a love poem. And then this one just kind of slipped. Self-love poem. Self-love poem. But it went from hopeless to hopeful. Yeah. Was it part of the show? No. No, it wasn't. Is hopeless to hopeful one of your things? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it is. The next one I'm going to do is just, just hopeful. Right. Hopefully, the <laughs> next hopefully poem you're going to do is just hopeful. Hopefully, hopefully hopeful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the last poem that I'm going to do is called Blue, and it was actually written before the show was written, and for a really long time it was in the show, and then eventually uh, my friend was like, "You need to take it out. The it show really is fit. the poem. <laughs> you know, right. like you don't you're saying uh, the same thing over again. Oh, you're um, sort of being yeah. too on the nose. Yeah. So this is like hopeless a 50 minute show condensed into one poem <laughs> um i loved all the winter imagery of yeah. the like the coziness but then it turns into a bleakness yeah right like you're cozy in winter keeping each other warm yeah and, i mean we it, lived it we lived we did three seasons back to back yeah. uh, so that was where it was from you know mm. living in winter has got a real feeling to it as well I'm sure you know that here from Vancouver being so close to Whistler and all the mountains as well well I mean it's the cold and the rain is is wintry yeah it's wintry enough 
<laughs> there's a thing where like I, I don't know if you've heard about it but it's like a thing on the internet now where like people say that they just get in relationships for winter and then uh, they, it like, happens break in Vancouver <laughs> yeah. can, we've I, I've actually had people talk about it like oh really yeah that there's people cozy down in like October they partner up yeah, 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 and then spring comes and you're like, oh, Woo, people are starting to break thing. up, right? Because summer's coming and you don't, we don't need yeah. anyone. No, it's definitely, I've definitely seen that pattern in Vancouver and had I heard other people who've lived here even longer than I have comment upon that. So. Yeah. Because I'm like, what's everybody hooking up? And they were like, it's October. I'm like, oh, okay. We need to keep warm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so blue is that you were talking about? Yeah. Did you want to do that uh, one? Can I yeah, do that? sure. Because we should probably jump right into it. Okay. Otherwise, we'll run out of time. Yeah. Yeah. There is a blue in me. It comes sometimes, and when I look around, I see so much blue. All of us feeling alone all of the time. All of us closing ourselves in, not opening up or helping others. Afraid it makes us weak. Muting, diluting our lives with countless obsessions and addictions to try and make things more bearable. But know that you can be broken and full and complete and a mess all at the same time and I see you. I see you as the blue of the sky, which is sometimes not blue, but orange, pink and red, flames licking through the blue, not taking no for an answer. In you, I see the blue of the night sky, which is so dark it is the blackness of every pupil, of every eye. No, I see you as the blue of the sea, which is not blue. It is turquoise and purple and grey, and it hits hard into itself, ready to cast another new wave. And yes, I know. I am a poet talking about the sea, but please bear with me because I see you not as the shallows or the rock pools. You are all the ocean floor, dark like oil. What a curse to feel things so deeply, but oh, what a blessing too. We are all temporary and that is comforting to me. And when I die, give me back to that blue sea so I can go like my father and I can live again, but this time as the Atlantic, which is so deeply green to me, and I can tumble to the landscape which lives inside my mother, repeatedly turning rock to sand, sand to water, let the tide carry me away, let the crab scuttle up my nose and through my ribcage, let the fish eat me for energy to swim further than I can stand, let the algae slowly digest my hair, my skin to salt. When I die... Let me die. Let my corpse rot with the others and know that it was meant to. Throw me to the animals, the foxes. Toss me to the grass. Let it feed on me for it is alive and I am dead and this world wasn't big enough for me in the grass. One of us had to go and I always knew it would be me first. But while I'm here, I want to get close to it all. I need to start being a participant. Sometimes I go for months watching my life as if I was not in it. I want to engage in life. I want to dance naked in my room, admiring the ugliness of my body. I want to sing Robbie Williams on karaoke and drink pints and try and twerk with my pals. I want to talk to the strangers on the streets. What happened to our communities? What would hold us down now if we did not have gravity? We are always pointing out our differences, but I want to know what is the same about us. We are all made up of birth and death and blood and guts and wax in our ears of fears of loneliness and badness and feeling like we're on the outside looking in and skin and womb and shit coming out of our bums, which is disgusting, but true. At least we have that in common. <laughs> you are not alone, not with your breath. That is proof that you are alive and still with us. Know that the breath is your anchor in these weathers, that rain that whips across your face 
face like an army of splinters. Know that the breath is the wind in your crops, the dust of your skin, the beat of your bones. Listen to the drums they play in your stomach. Close your eyes and hear them boom for you. Life is suffering impossible beautiful suffering when you are sad go outside do not reach for the bottle or the screen reach for a book a friend or in between your legs or a tap to run a bath reach for the laugh that sits in your collarbone it is there to cure you of your sickness and of your sadness call upon it you are a pure and beautiful wonderful thing it's okay not to know the answers the grey areas are often the most clear let's get rid of absolute loots and rights and wrongs and goods and devils we are not separate so stop drawing lines we all have a great river of resource that pumps through our spine like ice and heat you have all that you need inside of you welcome that blue into your bed let it curl at your feet and rest throw off your duvets and move into your communities they want you to feel alone and hopeless but you are not and i am not That was a wonderful poem on this very first cold and rainy, rainy day when we're all moving into seasonal affective disorder. (laughs) (laughs) Something that Canada and Glasgow and Scotland probably haven't. Yes, yes, and the like, the energy and the like, the the kind of desperate joy of it, right? Like, there's this desperation, and then you're saying, but there's still things to make you joyful. Joy is defiant. Yeah, Yeah, I was saying you either. Well, or give in to, yeah. you know, that this stuff is happening or you accept it and then you can be a participant in it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's, you get, I mean, you gotta, you'll get covered in the mess, but. Yeah. Somebody, something that I also say in my show is that, you know, optimism and pessimism are both the same thing. They both get us off the hook, but mm. hope, hope has to be active. It can't be mm. passive. Um, and I think that that's something that we all have to remember is, you know, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Leila Josephine is our guest Thank this afternoon. Thank you so afternoon. much for having me. Yeah. It's been great. And uh, you're off to Victoria to feature at Tongues of Fire. Yeah, I need to get the 5 p.m. ferry right now. So if you want, you can actually take off and go. Or you know, can, I'll, okay. I'll, okay. I'll hug, I'll hug. Don't okay. worry, it's not that. Not There's that only that like a minute left. We're just going to do some uh, listings. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was lovely. It was raw to have you. Okay, there you go. Um, Michael McClure is tonight at 7.30 at the Siegel Centre Conference Room, 7.30 to 9 p.m. at the SFU Harbour Front, 515 Hastings Street. Um, Tomorrow um, and all week, actually, is uh, Vancouver Writers' Fest events, so go and look that up. There's lots of poetry stuff, including tomorrow night at Calabash. Deanna, is it Rogers? Deanna Rogers is here from the UK. They came last year and did a workshop, and they're going to be at Calabash with Jillian Christmas hosting and a couple of other poets. Ahmed Nomadic from uh, Edmonton is going to be there. I was trying to find the details. Anything else you know about it? Do you know what time it is? No. Yeah, I think it's like 6.30. Monday, Uslam. Yes, featuring Q... Uh, yeah. And Dead Poets Reading Series. Uh, no, it's not Dead Poets Reading Series. It's the Poetic Justice is moving to Vancouver Public Library. Uh, starts this coming Sunday at their new location, 2 o'clock. It's called That 70 Show because they're going to be featuring a number of local poets who are all turning 70 this year. Heidi Greco. Heidi Greco, one of, uh, who's been a guest on this show, is going to be at that. Great. And three other people. Um, and the reason I said Dead Poets Reading Series is because they're going to start alternating with Dead Poets uh, Reading Series at the VPL Central. So this 
this is a big change for Poetic Justice moving down to the Central Library. And then tomorrow night at another library, Strathcona Branch, the new one at 730 East Hastings, uh, Strathcona Branch 6 to 8.30 is ref- uh, Refugium, uh, Poems for the Pacific, and that is a new anthology edited by Yvonne, Yvonne Blomer, who is the Victoria Poet Laureate. Is that correct, or Nanaimo? Not no? anymore. I think she used to be. Oh, so past. Past. But that person, uh, Yvonne, has... Um, edited this anthology and it will be launching tomorrow and in Vancouver it's already launched in on the island and it has a whole bunch of local poets who are in that anthology and I think that's all I have for we uh, will have Yvonne on soon because we're recording her on Friday to be played later on in the next month or so. Okay, uh, UBC Slam tonight at Benny's Bagels Slamapalooza Team Slam featuring and a fundraiser featuring the two, 2017 Slamapalooza team is tomorrow at Kwantlen University. There's lots of other stuff on Facebook. So much going on tomorrow. Uh, thank you, Layla. Thanks so much. Get, uh, great. Uh, I hope you have a great time traveling around and uh, back to Glasgow. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. If you're ever in time, let me know. Sure. Uh, I'm R.C. Waslowski. I'm Pam Bentley. And No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what? 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 what?